Good morning, everybody. This is Shannon Robnett with the Real Estate Rundown. Today, I have the fabulous Susie Fabricini with us. Susie, say hello. It's great to have you on the show, hello. Susie. Hello. <laughs> so what I know about Susie, guys, is I know that Susie is married. She has two grown children, which means that she's been very successful because they made it out of her house alive. <laughs> but, what I, but Susie, tell us about yourself. I grew up in lots of different places. And uh, I, I was born in BC, then my family moved to Hawaii, and I mostly grew up in Hawaii, and I was, uh, I was an actress. And so I moved to New York City from Hawaii so I could do stage acting. And um, wow. I did acting, producing, and directing while I was there. And then I moved to California because an agent wanted me out to California, so I did that, and I, was involved in um, theater and I was a filmmaker and I wow. um, worked in television. And while I was doing that, I was working, at, I, I started working at a company that was um, a post-production company because that was the area of film production and television production that I least understood. And so I went to go work there so I could make better decisions as a producer director. And, um, it was a corporate job. And I, nobody told me that you can't uh, change jobs when you're in escrow. And so uh, the day before we closed, I got a phone call from my realtor screaming at me saying, did you quit your job? And I said, no, yeah, it's okay because I got another one. She's like, no, it's not okay. You can't do that. And so uh, she, they managed between her and the mortgage broker, they managed to like make everything okay. And we did manage to close. Amazing. But then I had borrowed from 401k the money to make the down payment on the house. Sure. And I did not know that they were going to tell me that I had once I left that job. I freaked out. The new company that I was going to work for said, that's okay. Don't worry. We will advance you the money to pay that loan back. Wow. And so they did, but then they were taking it out of my check and my other company was a steady job in the corporation, and this job was working on a television production. The time frame was less than a year now that my that my uh, the money was being taken out of my check of my paychecks, and so that left me with like half a paycheck, and it was not enough to cover my mortgage and my bills. So now I was getting even worse and worse. And um, I was going in, I was in financial quicksand. It was a nightmare. Every decision I was making was the wrong decision because I didn't know any better. And I swore that once I figured this thing out, I was going to help other women because I knew I wasn't the only one that didn't know these rules. I had none of my friends that worked in entertainment could help me. None of them knew the rules either because when you're in entertainment, you don't know that there's such a thing as financial planning because when you're making money, you're making really good money. And when you're not making money, you have no money to plan with. So right. you don't even think about that step. You always think there's going to be the next job. Yeah. And so I knew I had to learn this stuff and I started going about finance and I started taking courses and seminars and ended up going to work for a company that was in finance. That's when I realized there's so much stuff that people don't know. Right. They know this stuff. And so it became my mission 
to teach people and specifically teach women because women are at a disadvantage. We grow up with a different mindset, different expectations from society. And it's not just me thinking that they're at a disadvantage. The disadvantage is not necessarily, I mean, there's a lot of people saying about the disadvantages, but I think one of the disadvantages, a lot of the disadvantages are so subtle that we don't even realize it's going on. Right. Like there was a study one time where they, um, they were talking to these wealthy parents and they asked them, what do you wish for your sons? And everybody either said financial success or career success. And then they said, what do you wish for your daughters? And every single one of them said happiness. Uh, you know, and, and Susie, I, I have to completely agree with you uh, on that. I mean, I have, I have uh, daughters and I have sons and I know that, that even, even as a, as a parent, I think differently uh, about what I want for my children. And, and so I see where, you know, as a society, uh, we have, we have been programmed that, Little girls do certain things and little boys do certain things. And, and that continues to magnify as you get older. But, you know, Susie, you, you sound like you jumped out of about a 35 story building uh, with, with what you had going on at 29. How did you, how did you keep your mental attitude from freaking out? Oh, I didn't. <laughs> I was freaking out just listening to the story, so I'm glad you I said that. I managed that very well. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness! I was at a um, I was at a meeting one time in the midst of all of this craziness and trying to figure out what to do. And I went to go speak to one of my male mentors, and I told him, you know, I was in the process of losing my house, and um, I was trying all these different things different weird jobs and and um he said to me oh you're not going to lose your house and i was in much shock to hear him say that i crumbled i totally crumbled from that and yeah. i think that that's part of what drives me these days even still is like i am trying to make up for having been i didn't lose the house but i always felt like i always connect bad mother now in back of my mind which is totally wrong and sure. I probably need some kind of psychiatric help with that. I'm always trying to now set something up so that my daughters will never have that issue. We'll never have to worry about losing a house. So I'm trying to build up not just passive income to retire my husband, but also so that my kids, so that there'll be something for my kids so that they will that always generational have generational wealth. Income. Yeah. So Susie, it, it, yeah. it sounds like... When you did this the first time, uh, it was a practice run for the for the the world we live in today. Well, I think that's always going to be that's always what it is. I mean, the trying to build is I'm my dad once said about me that I'm fiercely, which I think when I was younger, I saw a lot of women who were their husbands were leaving them, and at that time. Most women were dependent. I think most women back then were dependent on their husbands, and I saw it when the husbands left them sources. Right. They had no idea how to take care of themselves. They felt their lives were over, and I decided I was never going to be dependent that right. way. 
And so uh, both of the marriages, we kept our finances separate because I always wanted to feel like we were there in that marriage because we wanted not because we had to be. Right. And um, so there's so much. So you've got, I mean, you've got some, you've got some crash course, you've got some, some life experience. Uh, and, and then you went beyond that and you got some, some additional training to go with everything else that had happened. So you've got some life experience, you've got a crash course in how not to do some things. And then you caused, you caused a chain of events that you didn't understand that then you ran out and, and got the, the mentorship, the, the, the programs, the, the understanding, what drove you to go that direction versus just continuing to spin out of control? My dad raised me to be a fighter. Um, literally I was not only every time somebody hits me, I have to hit them back. If somebody pushes me, I have to push them back. And if somebody hurts my friends or my family, I also have to fight for them. And so I decided I was gonna I was gonna beat this. I was gonna fight this financial monster thing, figure it out, and then help other women. It, oh. it, it was a long process too. I mean, there's so much to it. There, nobody knows everything there is to know about finance. No. There's, so well, there's always it. there's always more to learn. The markets are always changing. What worked yesterday is only eighty percent accurate today. Um, you know, there's trends. There's you know, there's all that stuff. There's so, yeah. So what is what is your approach? It sounds like you 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 had a four hundred one k, so you were dealing with some stocks and some mutual funds, and then you bought a house, so you're dealing with real estate. What is your approach to help women to find financial independence or find financial freedom and understanding? I think um, one of the things that I tell women is, first of all, women have really good sense of, uh, we have good instincts. We also tend to be more cautious. We like to really look at our options. We like to have options. I know I've had men laugh at me over the years because I wanted they'll tell me this is what you should do and then I but women understand that women like to have options we like to be cautious and um, we don't need to win the whole pot all at once so that's why women tend to be better investors than men men like to win the whole pot they go they go for the gold right and women are happy to place yeah. Well, and, and as we all know, um, you know, if, if you're consistently in the top 10, uh, you'll probably wind up winning more overall than if you're only content with first place. Um, and I think, you know, I, I think the, the world of sports is a good example of that, um, where, you know, if you've got a, a 300 batting average in the major leagues, you're making millions of dollars, but that means you strike out most of the time. But when you're right, you're really right. You know which baseball player holds the record for the most strikeouts? You know, I, I don't know who has that. That's Babe Ruth. 
Okay. I, I knew it was going to be a big name because, and, and that's the point, right? So there is a, there's that, I guess that's a, that's a very typical man. He's swinging as hard as he can. And yet he's famous for what he did right, not what he did wrong yeah. because he was taking those risks. Women, women would be, what I hear you saying is they would be happier with a base hit every single time. And then they would, they would get, they would score more often even though they wouldn't have a name in the record books, they would have a steady position. They would have a, uh, they would have that, they mm -hmm. would have that uh, security of, of being in the winner's bracket more often. Yeah. Like for me, it's um, horse racing. Mm -hmm. I'm about horse racing, but I went to the races one time with a bunch of guys and they were all setting the numbers and they were all betting. Um, they were all betting big money to place to win on their horses. I mean, so I'm looking at the list going, um, okay, which jockey list? His horse is probably going to be able to move faster. And then I replace my bet to place, not to win. And so the pot is smaller. The winnings are smaller. So they were really mad because I'd come back smiling, counting my money every time. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So what is, what is something that you do distinctly that that helps your your clients just talking about money in the first place is helpful for my clients women feel like it's rude to talk about money and they're afraid to hurt each other's feelings if they have more money are making doing better than some of their friends but it puts us at a disadvantage because then we don't really know what what are the possibilities and what's the reality of making money out there. So I encourage women to talk about money. And I, I have, um, I have, a, I started a meetup group called women and girls talking about money. And how often do you meet? Create a fun atmosphere. But yeah, we wanted to create, I wanted to create a fun atmosphere to talk about money so that money is not this scary thing that only people in suits carrying briefcases talk about. Right. And that's a huge step in just opening people's eyes because if you can make it a fun atmosphere, um, it opens up the conversation. And so we've been talking about money and talking about different ways to manage your cash flow and how to make sure you have money set aside to invest and, and what should be your mindset when it comes to investing so that, um, you have money set aside. We call it a peace of mind fund instead of an emergency fund because what you what you speak out into the world is what you manifest. Yes. So yes. we said. So it's obvious. It's obvious that you see your mindset as as important in investing as the actual action. Oh yeah, yeah. The mindset is actually the first thing before the action. Yeah, because you know we've all we've all been around that person that is is worried about the sky falling all the time and unable to take advantage of the opportunity because they're too worried or they're too negative. How do you overcome that? I have to sort of keep reminding people that when when the stock market is down, that's you buy, not when it's up. So you have to get out of that mindset of following the herd. 
the herd mentality is the most dangerous thing, I think, for investing. That's where people end up losing money because they see the prices of homes are going up and they go, oh, got to get in before the price gets too high that I can't get in anymore. Right. And so they end up then buying as it goes up. And then if they've leveraged too high and they maxed out and then the market goes down again, now they're in trouble. Mm -hmm. I saw that happening the first time back in 2006 when um, the prices were all going up so high and so many people were jumping on it because the mortgage rates were so low and they wanted to take advantage of the mortgage rates being low and they were afraid that the prices would just keep going higher and higher. We're all jumping on that bandwagon. You know what happened from that. Exactly right, exactly right. So Susie, we're, we're sitting here in the first week of April of 2020 and we have, we have a set of circumstances around us that that almost seem to to play in directly into what you're teaching in in the the what if the what could happen i mean in january the world was perfect in january jobs were great in january we just had an amazing christmas season and retail sales were wonderful and now here we are just a scant two months later what what is what is the men, what is the mindset of your group the the women that you're working with as you're approaching this since they've been working with you we're looking mostly my group has shifted from talking about real estate to talking about stocks now the stock market is on sale there's all kinds of bargains out there right now and so it's a really good time to we're looking at the stock market and we're looking at what to get into and i'm involved in a lot of um online groups that are mostly men talking about the stock market and they talk about it very differently from how i talk about it with my women a lot of people are talking about oh now is the time to get into disney now is the time to get into the airlines now is the time to get into the cruise ships and i'm saying yeah there's a lot of bargains and those place things are all like way down from their usual marks i look at the look at it differently because everything is most things are down right now except for zoom um most <laughs> things are down right now that's right and disney's going to take a long time i think to return to being strong again because they've had to close down their amusement parks they've had to close down uh their production and so it's going to take some time to get back on top again Cruise lines, people are going to be scared to go on cruises for a while. The airlines, they can, the airlines will keep flying, but they could still go bankrupt and keep flying. And that's not good for an investor. So I'm looking at what are those stocks that are changing our lives? We're going to be doing a lot of things differently coming out of this than how we were doing it going in. Things are not going to go back. To how they were exactly very true they're gonna we're gonna be in a different space and we're gonna find some things that we had to some adjustments that we had to make we're gonna find makes us more efficient and we're gonna keep those things in place so i'm saying look at that stuff look in your own lives what are you using now what are those products who's comp what companies are you using right now what are the problems right now that need to be solved can you be the solution? That might be a business to start. 
Right. And, you know, and the, look at the, if you invest in the products in the stock market that you use, <clears throat> your advantage is going to be a woman. You're more sensitive to things, to feelings, to notice, you change, you know, you'll notice the changes before the numbers show it. And you'll see that companies that aren't innovating, if you're working with, if you are using a product and you notice that company is not innovating, they're not adjusting, they're not changing, they're not growing, they're not improving, the customer service is going downhill. That's your signal to sell. Don't wait for the nurse to tell you to sell. Right. And that way you'll sell at the top before the numbers start to go down. And in real estate, look at what are the issues that are coming up for people? What do you see? What do you hear? Put your ear to the ground. What do you hear? What are the issues going to be? How can you be the solution to those issues? And that should help you with your real estate strategy. You know, that it's, a, it's funny you say that. I was, I was recently speaking uh, with my brother and his wife, and they have different stock portfolios, uh, and, and they do different things. And I, I was listening to her speak about Pinterest just the way you were about how it's, it's, it's you know, all the things that are going on. And, and she was buying in, in stocks like that, things that attracted her that were innovative about her life. And yet my, my brother was buying uh, mining stocks or he was buying, you know, uh, infrastructure things or other things. And so it's, I, now that I'm, I'm hearing you, I can see exactly what you're talking about in, in just the people around me that, and how they're treating these kinds of situations. So when, when women work with you, Susie, do, do they, do they just call you up and say, Hey, I, I, I saw you're, you, you're doing a meetup or do they, do you do individual coaching? What, what is your strategy to educate? Well, I've been experimenting a lot with that. Women like community. We like being in groups because if we are one in one across from somebody, it can be scary if um, now the pressure is on us to respond. Whereas if we're in a group, we can sit back and the person with the most confidence or the most curiosity will be the one that speaks up and we all learn from it. And we don't have to feel, we don't have to have the spotlight on us. So I'm working at growing a community of women. And so it was kind of convenient for me that this whole thing happened when it did, because it meant that I moved my meetup group online. And so we're meeting up now every week, twice a week. And how's that being attended compared to the virtual, the virtual versus the physical? It's a little bit less because we're not sitting there with chocolate and wine, <laughs> which I always was the one who supplied that and everybody yeah. else gets their own. I'm, I, I'm joking. I don't know that that's a big part of it, but what, the, what I am noticing is there's so much going on online right now. Yes. I was on five, five or six different online meetings yesterday right. from morning to night. Yeah. No, I had, I had four. Yeah. So it gets, it can get overwhelming. Yes. And I think, um, so what I'm doing now is I'm trying to cast a wider net. Now that we're online, let's go national instead of just being in the neighborhood. Right. And, uh, 
and I'm working on that. And I'm also, we, we're kind of dividing it up now into personal finances on Wednesdays and Fridays is more investment. Okay. So that, because some of them, you know, there's different, people are in different places in their lives and they have different. Um, yeah, different needs. And, and, you know, you've got to get your personal finances in order to really start talking about investments uh, because you need, right. you need to have, you know, the, the, the understanding of what your personal cash flow is doing before you have money to invest and in, in things there. So um, what, what is that, that, I mean, is there anybody doing what you're doing right now? I mean, the, the specifically women focused that is, that is looking at real estate, that's looking at stocks, that's looking at, you know, looking at the scope and the breadth that you're looking at? Not that I know of. Most of them are looking at one area of it. So there's a lot of like money coaches that are out there talking about budgeting. And that's, that's the main thing I'm seeing is budgeting and credit correction right. or credit, uh, raising credit scores and lowering debt. Those right. are the, the, the main thing that I see with the money coaches. And then there, I'm not really seeing women's groups talking about real estate or, um, or stock market so much, especially not stock market. Right. There are some women's groups I see. Most of them are doing focusing on wholesaling. There are some that are focusing on fix and flips. But there's nobody that's really covering both sides of that. They're much more pieced. And so then that gives you an advantage because you're teaching a balance. You're teaching a, a smorgasbord, if you will. If you don't particularly like this part of it, uh, you don't have to, but it also shows uh, women how you can, you know, you can make money in the stock market when the stock market's up, you can move that into real estate that, that creates the passive income. Right. I mean, you're, you're teaching various strategies that are really a lot more inclusive than just one particular area of focus. Right. Well, and also, and that's me being like, I'm betting to place. Right. So. Yeah. All about yeah. betting to place. Yeah, because I want to, because there's everything cycles. Right. And so look where the opportunity is. Right. Right now we're kind of holding out, uh, holding back on the, the um, real estate because we don't know, the laws are changing, everything's changing every day mm -hmm. with the real estate right now. And we don't know where that's going to end up. Right. And we know that the lenders have stopped lending. Mm -hmm. And so we want to like, pull back on that, give that a breather and turn our focus to this other area where there's all kinds of opportunity opening up right now. And so what you're, you, you, you've got a, an all weather strategy. You, you, you're teaching financial wholeness. Uh, oh, that's a good term. I like that. Uh, well, uh, feel, feel free to use it. I, I, but, <laughs> but, you know, I, I see that as a, as a really a holistic approach of not just uh, I can teach you how to win in the stock market, or I can teach you how to how to fix and flip real estate. I can I see you as being able to teach or uh, being able to bring a, a financial complete knowledge of you know what you can do and how to do it in a way that is safe, that is protected, and is independent of of market factors that can be out there. So. 
That, that's, that's phenomenal, um, Susie. One of the other things that I always like to ask people is, what do you, what do you describe as wealth? Wealth to me is asset-based. So there's, I don't shoot for wealth. I teach to shoot for financial independence, um, which is a different thing from wealth. Uh, but wealth is the shiny, glittery thing of right. having a big stockpile of assets that mm -hmm. you can feel comfortable and you have a, you have like so many options, like you have uh, infinite options when you have wealth. Right. And for women, I think in particular, when we think about wealth, we think about not just having it for us, but because we have a tendency to think more about our relationships because there's that social conditioning again. Right. But we're thinking about what can we do for our family and our friends as well. We want to bring them along with us. Yeah. You know, and that's, and that's awesome. So with that, what, what do you like to do? What do you encourage your, your students to do to give back to the industry, to their families? What is, what is it that you're, that you're putting out there as far as, you know, being a part of the community and giving back? I think it kind of, it varies a lot. Um, what I would like to see is I want to build up a group of women who are going out and helping other women. My goal is to help 100,000 women to get, to gain financial freedom because with that comes confidence and feeling, um, feeling stronger in the world and better positioned to go and give in whatever way it is that you give. Um, we do financial giving. I, I encourage women to put a certain percentage of money aside every month. That's part of our um, how we do money. Mm -hmm. Portioning out percentages for different things. And so there would be the financial giving, but then there's the more important giving, I think, is giving of your time and giving of your knowledge. And so it, it, with that goal, I mean, 100,000, Susie, that's not a small number. Um, you know, you, it, and so you're, you're encouraging those that you've given to, to give to others, to, right. to replicate, uh, in a sense, to, 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 to go from being the, the one that's being mentored to be the one that mentors. And what a fabulous way to give back because then you have the option and the ability to train a generation. You, I mean, you can, can see in, in council so many but if you can, if you can teach those to counsel and and train, then your reach is so much farther. What a fabulous way to give back! I think that's amazing that you've thought that through enough um, to, because I, I got to tell you, guys wouldn't think to train. We would think we are going to train personally, going to train a hundred thousand. But the way that you've looked at it, that you you're you're creating layers of yourself and replication of yourself is. It, it that's just amazing. I, I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't know what to say. That's phenomenal. That's an amazing way to look at that. So that, that leads me to, to another question. What is, I mean, outside of, of what you see happening with, with your women uh, growing and, and um, maturing in, in understanding and leadership in this area, what other things do you do you use as your benchmarks that you're achieving 
the goals that you have in front of you? I have number goals because that's kind of how I was taught to do it. So number of people, amount of money, those kinds of things. Um, but what one of the things that I was really glad about was that because I had started this process and I hadn't gotten to the point where I had, um, I made a deal with my husband. I said, okay, you keep things afloat for now and I will take care of our retirement. Okay. But things didn't go that way. Pardon me? I said, okay. It, yeah, but things didn't end up going that way because um, he was the executive chef at a restaurant and it was in Santa Barbara and Santa Barbara had all those natural disasters happen a couple years ago. Right. And the restaurant where he worked couldn't make it. And so at the time I was doing, um, I had just started my real estate, my full-time real estate business. And I said, you know what, we need to move because we were living in a very expensive town just outside of Santa Barbara. And I said, we have to, we have to move. Yeah. I have a house in Boise that's on the market. Let's go live in that while we figure out what we're going to do. And uh, so that's what we did. And it was really lucky that I had things already kind of set up, beginning to be set up. Uh -huh. um, it, and I had my peace of mind fund there to help us with the move. Right. And so I was able to show myself that what I was doing was, was the right thing, was going in the right direction. And so. So that's such a contrast from the 29 year old Susie to the Susie of a couple of years ago at 39. <laughs> that, that that was uh, that was able to actually put those into place, and the story is now that that from your from your own uh, school of hard knocks, you were able to actually encounter the same. I mean, there was job loss. There was, I mean, there was a move. There was all the other things that you talked about in your original story. In this second story, with, with without the without the traumatic, uh, with, with without the insecurity. So, mm -hmm. so you're really able to come at this from a witness standpoint of, I've been through it the good way and I've been through it the, the uneducated way. So I know both ways through this. I know the panic driven mode where we're running down the blind hallway. And I know the, the other mode where life deals us a really bad hand, but we're able to walk through that. Susie, that's phenomenal. I, 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 I see so much strength in what you're doing. I see so much uh, confidence in in just how you're presenting the information, uh, and I and I've seen you in in, uh, in in real life as well. I've I've we've met several times, so this isn't just a virtual interview. But but I I just want to thank you for your time and thank you for what you're doing in our communities to help people understand why a time like this doesn't have to terrify you. Um, why this you know the coronavirus? A lot of people are looking at this as as you know, we hear a lot about the end of days and all the, the, the drama and the, and the traumaticness of what's going on. It's so nice to get a refreshing point of view like yours that just says, this is opportunity. This is what we've trained for, ladies. And I would be fearful, honestly, of your 100,000 coming after uh, <laughs> the, the opportunities because I see the confidence that that's instilling. So I want to thank you again, Susie, for that. How can, how can people reach out to you? Because I'm always changing things, I send out emails regularly 
nowadays especially to okay. let people know what's going on and um my if they if they would like to get on my email list okay they should write to me at susie at susiefabrosini.com okay and uh so let me know have, and i'll add them we will have that susie at susiefabrosini.com susie i want to thank you once again for joining me on the real estate rundown Guys, have a great day. We look forward to seeing you again. I hope this has been as informative for you as it has for me. We'll talk to you soon.